Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. On today's show, comedians Celia Pacola and Josh Earl join me to discuss Australian movies live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. My name is Justin Hamilton, and we're going full Yahoo serious on Big Squid. You're well, and thank you for swinging by to enjoy this live podcast that was recorded at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival on April 16th. Celia and Josh bring their A-game to this discussion about Australian movies, and it was a great Sunday afternoon recording with a fantastic audience. If you were there in the audience, you were just great. Just exactly what we're looking for on a... Uh, on a Sunday record, and it was a lot of fun. And a big shout-out to the crew behind the scenes as well who helped this recording happen. Everyone made it run very smoothly. Uh, A few quick things before we launch into the podcast. It appears uh, I am dealing with some long COVID issues. Turns out three times is the charm. So if you've noticed my output here slowing down, I'm trying to find a balance between work and rest. So hopefully I'm on the upswing, but for the moment things will be a little slower here at the podcast until I'm back to 100%. Uh, Last week I also found out that Adelaide comedian and DJ Ian Bell passed away and I was incredibly saddened to hear this news. Uh, Ian was a top bloke who I always enjoyed a chat with when I was back in Adelaide and uh, I tell you what, he knew how to make a dance floor bounce so my thoughts and condolences go out to his wife and his extended family and also his close friends. Uh, Very funny guy. Uh, Craig Egan on Facebook has put up uh, posts of uh, images that he used to uh, put together and uh, albums, uh, fake albums and things like that. And it's all very funny stuff. So uh, while this is awful news, if you can uh, check that out and and, and enjoy his uh, sense of humour and uh, yeah, celebrate uh, a man who uh, has unfortunately left us way too young. Uh, I've had some very nice emails from people asking me when I will be covering Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and I'm guessing the answer to that will be whenever it pops up on Disney+. Plus. 
I don't know if uh, you may have missed me talk about this, but I'm out on Marvel. I still haven't seen Ant-Man or most of the recent TV shows. So I'm afraid it will be a while. I don't dislike them. I just have no interest in them. I I have no passion for these films anymore and I'm just kind of bummed out any time I see them. So I'd rather see different things. I'd rather see more interesting things. So, uh, you know, like I saw Bo is Afraid. And I thought that was really good. That's the new Ari Aster film. I don't know if I can recommend it to anyone because uh, it, <laughs> it's a three-hour movie about uh, an anxious man trying to deal with the anxiety that his Jewish mother has put upon him. Uh, look, I would suggest it to Ben Elwood, who saw it and loved it. But for the rest of you out there, you know, it might not be <laughs> up your alley, but I thought it was great. Uh, and I saw the French film The Innocent, and I that was fantastic. I would recommend that one to you. It's a story about a young man whose uh, mum marries a criminal being let out of jail. And it is funny, sad, exciting. It's everything I want in a film. So I'd rather see movies like that. Uh, I've also been watching some old films like uh, The Night of the Hunter, a really old film with Robert Mitchum, which when you look at it, you go, wow, I can really see how David Lynch was a fan of this and, and many modern movie makers, to be honest. It's, it's quite bizarre, but it's fantastic. And I also just rewatched Get Out last night, which I hadn't watched in ages as well. And that's, you know, like that's not that old, but it's been a while since I watched it. So I was uh, really into that. And uh, uh, funnily enough, I remembered it being much scarier than it was. But uh, upon rewatch, maybe it was, maybe I've only seen it the once and I saw it at the cinema. So you you kind of getting yourself prepared for everything and then and then it plays out and you go, oh, this is more like a creepy episode of The Twilight Zone uh, rather than a jump scare kind of film. But uh, that was well worth the rewatch. It's on Netflix and it is uh, being taken off on the 15th of May. So if you – that's what actually inspired me to watch it. So if you are uh, keen to watch it and you have Netflix, I'd get onto that uh, very soon. Uh, I've also watched the next Mission Impossible movie uh, for our Mission Impossible series. So I will put up uh, Mission Impossible 3 and then Adam and I will record uh, for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And I've watched the next science fiction film for Space Podacy. Uh Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you because it'll be a while before we get to it. Um, the movie is Her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Felt like it was an appropriate time to go back and look at that film. So um, uh, Ben and I will be recording uh, that soon. I did see the new Oppenheimer trailer and what can I say? I'm pumped. I am Really, really looking forward to this, which I know is of no uh, surprise. But um, I look to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't do as well at the box office. I think people seem to want to see movies like Super Mario Brothers, where they don't have to worry for ninety minutes, and and this really will be intense. But uh, I don't know. We put too much emphasis on box office, uh, like. Some of the best movies I've seen in the last six months did not do that well at the box office. You know, like I thought Tar was a masterpiece and, uh, you know, that did not make a lot of money. So I don't think box office is reflective of quality and I think this will be fantastic. This might be, you know, maybe this will be the, uh, the magnum opus for Nolan. I've read the book that this is based on and... 
it's weird to say this, but it's strangely thrilling. The uh, the race to develop the atom bomb before the uh, Nazis do, and then everything that comes from it. Uh, you know, it's confronting, but it is also exciting. So I can't wait to see this film. And I also know that Robert Downey Jr. is playing an absolute arsehole. And I'm really excited about that because I think he's a great actor and I want to see him be great again. Okay, uh, finally, over at Patreon, I've been uploading old interviews from my original podcast. Can you take this photo, please? These have been uh, about 10 years old, actually. Uh, bang on 10 years old and show amazing insight into some of our great comedians. So far, there's interviews with Tom Cleason, which is pre-hard quiz slash Logies. There's uh, Cal Wilson, pre-Bake Off. There's Will Anderson, pre-everything. And Ronnie Chang pre-fame. So if you'd like to hear those along with a lot of other podcasts, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. That's patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton. When you sign up, you also have an episode of the podcast dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to Dane Bohan. Uh, Thanks for being a Patreon, Dane. It is very much appreciated. And I hope you are enjoying all the bonus podcasts over at the site. And also, uh, I really hope you enjoyed this live recording. It was really fun. And it was... uh, one of those classic uh, afternoons or shows where I was so grateful I had my computer on my lap because I wanted to check some stuff out and, you know, be able to look up stuff, uh, you know, while we were recording, etc. And, you know, I thought, I, wow, this this show's really kicking along. I better check uh, what the time is. And we were at like 39 minutes or 37 minutes or something like that. And I was like, Oh, I thought we were about 15 minutes in and there was a show on after us, so I really had to tighten it up. But uh, there you go. I hope you enjoy it, Dame. All right, let's get to the show. I'll stop banging on. So sit back and enjoy Celia, Josh and this guy as we talk Aussie movies. On today's podcast, Celia Pacola and Josh Earl join me here in Melbourne. I must be in Melbourne. I'm wearing a fucking scarf. Please, welcome to the stage, Justin Hamilton for Big Squid. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not wearing a scarf. I fucking lied. Anyway... I'm glad you guys are wearing masks. I've got COVID again. Bad time to tell you. Anyway, it's going to be fun. No, you can't catch it more than four times. I'm up to three. This is fantastic. I'm going to sneeze halfway through this show and you'll see my brains go out of my ear. Anyway, wasn't going to open like this. It's good to be here. Good to be back in sunny Melbourne. And uh, thank you very much for sending the AFL to Adelaide. I appreciate that. That's fucking great as well. Now, uh, any fans of... I used to run a a, a previous show called The Shelf. Uh, Any fans of that here? All right, now, you all know, uh, as fans of The Shelf, what was the thing that Adam Richard used to get angry at me about? Overbooking. Yes, I'm the only man who overbooked a Bucks party. This is true. Too many strippers for Limo. Anyway, another story for another time at the bar. Why are you asking me now, Sam Streeter? But anyway... So normally this show goes for three or four hours. I had this big opening. I was going to do every Australian movie, Billy Crystal style. I was going to come out in high heels. I was going to tear all my hamstrings three times. But we don't have time for it. We only have an hour. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about Australian movies, why Australian movies are great. We're going to remind you that you should see Australian movies. We're going to talk about some abstract ones. We're going to try to redeem Mel Gibson. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know it's hard. It's hard, but hang in there with me. That's going to be my 
my mission for today and we're going to bring out two of the most beautiful comedians from the Australian comedy scene. He's a little fucking muscly nugget. Welcome to the stage, Josh Earl and the beautiful Celia Pacola. Hello. Look at those arms. Hello. Look at oh, those arms. Thank you. Thank Celia, you. there. Thank you. You're looking great. Oh, thank you. I've been lifting... Babies. Six kilos yeah. every day just with this arm. <laughs> That's a good workout. Do you know what you don't learn before you become a, as a mother? Sorry, it's taking me point oh my one God. of a second. Is this, is this, is, was that officially your first as a mother on stage? <laughs> I say it a lot to the woman in the shops. She does appreciate it. <laughs> BWS. Um, is just the looking shop, for anyone uh. to talk to. Uh, yeah, I know. Anyone else have to mix up your BWSs so they don't know it's a problem? You're like, if you go to a different one each day, anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> you go in There's and say, I'm, I'm, it's for someone's 40th. What's a good wine for someone's 40th? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get eight bottles, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a bendy straw. But yeah. you, just don't le- you don't realise how much stuff you can't do with one arm. When, oh, you're right. hold, when you're holding a baby, like making toast. I thought, I'll be fine with that. No, it's oh, fucked. No. You can put the toast in the thing, the toast comes out, but putting spread on it, then it's fucked. Yeah. If I'd known that, wouldn't have had a kid. Yeah. What Fuck. a waste. I was, I was really thinking about having one, but you fucked no. it. No, 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 Sorry. So why the drummer from Def Leppard only doesn't have any kids. He just can't. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, imagine if he was here going, you, what, you can't fucking spread toast, <laughs> mate. Like, suddenly that's gone horribly pear-shaped. Wow. <laughs> And uh, what, what about you, Josh? What's been uh, happening? What, what have you been... Why, why are your arms so fucking muscular? What's happening? Uh, uh, depression. I don't know. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, it's really working for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've got to run away from my inner demons. Uh, yeah. So, no, I thought I'd wear... Because this is talking about Australian film. I thought I'd wear... I, I never wear this top ever. Uh, my Australian film top, which yep. is... Is Yahoo serious? But yes. underneath it, it says The Replacements, uh, which is a band. has nothing to do with... Uh, <laughs> Lockdown was hard, guys, and <laughs> I purchased some things, and this is the one purchase that I forgot that I purchased, and it came in, and I went, that's really funny. I got two laughs out of it. Yeah, yeah. it was worth it as well. Well, probably not, but still. No, I, uh, no. <laughs> no I was into it. I, uh, I had the drummer from The Go-Betweens at a gig in Sydney recently, and yes. she was uh, having a little flirt with Hamo. I've, uh, I've hit a new stage. I'm the Blue Rinse Beefcake. That is Ooh. title for next year's show. That's what it'll be. So, 71. Because she's in the what? ad, she's in the insurance ad for uh, senior citizens. Yeah, well, great. <laughs> so you know, if you make it in, into the will, yeah, coin. I, look, I would be lying if I had said that I hadn't thought of that. But uh, <laughs> I'm an Australian comedian. I've been earning hundreds of dollars for years. I've got to fucking uh, start thinking about the future now. And if the future is not too long, but I get a property out of it, bingo. <laughs> That's good. So we, we, we're going to talk Australian movies. We, we have like three each. We have an hour to get through this show, so I can't wait to talk about two of them. And <laughs> but, sure, but one of the movies uh, that we were going to talk about, uh, we might as well go straight into Young Einstein because that was, well, that was one the, of the one ones that I brought bring up. Well, I, I haven't done a lot of prep, I'll be honest. Um, but when I thought about it, like this movie, I had to genuinely go back and Google it and to make sure it wasn't a fever dream. Yeah. You know, it was one yeah. of those ones where I was like, that can't be right. Um, uh, and it's great. Like, I lo- I've got such fond memories of it. It was completely bonkers. Did you ever go to Movie World where they had the, uh, the house that, with the slant on it? Did they? No. Yeah. Oh, you could be Superman and then you could also walk on Yahoo Series' floor. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Really is Hollywood on the Gold Coast. <laughs> right. It's fine, but I didn't realise. 
real. And this, in looking at the Wikipedia of it, like it was kind of big. I don't know. I've just got vague memories. It was really big. It was huge. But there was all animals through. Like every scene in my memory had a kangaroo. Did you remember the scene with the kittens in a pie? Like they yes. put, they almost baked kittens into a pie. And it was hilarious. Yeah. Back in the day when you could do that kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> So, for, for anyone who doesn't uh, remember it, it was a 1988 film uh, about Albert Einstein growing up in Tasmania where he splits the atom with a chisel and invents rock and roll and surfing. And it was a big hit in yeah. Australia. And it also had one of the great, great soundtracks. Yeah. And I reckon that is one of the things that Aussie movies need to get back on track with yeah. is just fucking rip out 15 cracking songs Onto a soundtrack. Well, someone even in the audience said "Dumb Things" by Paul Kelly yeah. was on. Yes, and yes. That, when I hear when I hear that harmonica, unless that was a very quiet heckle, like <laughs> that was just uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope I, I, you just are so positive that you just filled it in. Oh yeah, that yeah. reminds me. But when I hear the harmonica, I think of Yahoo Serious. I don't yeah. think of Paul Kelly. But also, it look. I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. budget was back back then. It looks amazing. Like there's this incredible yeah. shot. You know, there's a one second shot of him in in the rowboat and the ocean and the yeah. cliffs and the like. It, and all the props, like when he builds all these gizmos and stuff, like it looks it was, really it, schmick. Yeah, and it was really Special inventive. Effects, yeah. And uh, do you do you remember the first thing that happens in the movie? Does anyone remember? Is he's cutting his hair with a pot? Even before that, when you're sitting in the cinema and you've had the adverts, Val Morgan's come out, done his <laughs> adverts, and then and then the first thing that happens in the film, it comes up in writing. A serious movie. Ah. <laughs> Yahoo Serious. As a kid, it was like, this guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> like, because I don't know if you get it, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. not a serious movie. <laughs> By the third film, a serious movie came up and you went, oh, no, let's watch something else. But um, it, I, I think we're going to talk about this later, but this yeah. was the first ever film I saw at the cinema. Really? Oh, was it? My dad took me, took me and my two brothers, and I remember we got there early. My dad likes to get to things early, so we bought a family-sized popcorn and we ate it we walked along the streets of Burnie, ate popcorn, and then when we finished it, it was time to go on the movie. And I still, still remember that walk along is like one of the highlights of my childhood, which is depressing, but <laughs> it was a nice moment where we were just eating popcorn, excited with Village Cinema One, only the one screen. Wow. Yeah, such a shit cinema that when I saw Kill Bill uh, Two in there, uh, the scene spoilers, uh, one, one scene they're buried alive. What? And I couldn't. You couldn't see anything on the screen. Right. It was just dark. Yeah. Couldn't see a single thing. So I just thought, oh, Tarantino's really going, <laughs> going for this. Yeah. Ten minutes of just complete darkness. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've had that at the cinema where you go, that is an artistic yeah. choice. And then they say, sorry, we're going to have to restart the movie. And you go, oh, okay. That was a good waste of time. Uh, so that, that's a nice memory, though. That was your first film. Mm. Yep. What was it? First Do you remember what your first Aussie film was? I don't remember because we we lost, watched a lot of VHS. Like we taped yeah. stuff off the television uh, a lot. That was this film and um, that, my other one that I'll get to. But because I remember the only film I remember seeing at the cinema was Jurassic Park because it was too. I was too young. I was scared and I had my fingers in my ears singing "Mary Had a Little Lamb" during <laughs> oh. the thing. So I looked up ninety nine because that was nineteen ninety three. So yeah. nineteen ninety five was Babe. So maybe oh, I yeah. saw Babe at the cinema. Yeah. That always seems like something I would see, but no, we went to shitty. Um, it wasn't until I was at university that Chernside Park got its yeah. own cinema, and I saw Lord of the Rings there, and that was very exciting, and that blew my mind apart. 
Are, are I loved it. You, you prefer the cinema to watching movies at home or are you... I rarely get out to the, the oh, cinema. Yeah. I do prefer it when I do it, but yeah. it doesn't happen very often. Do you, do you have uh, the It's usually with Luke McGregor, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. See, as I'm doing this, I'm like, He's sure. dangerous to go to movies with. Yeah, because he makes his... Good, well, well you, you have such a good time with him. You, you walk out of the movie and you think it was better than it was. <laughs> yeah, but he also <laughs> makes you stay till the fucking end because he's oh, like, yeah. just in case. I'm like, let's go, mate. They're cleaning up. I'm like, no, maybe something else will start. Like, the next movie... Movie has started. Yeah, it's finished. Yeah, um, he, he needs to see who uh, named three thousand twenty hundred ninety-seven on the FX on this Marvel yeah, movie. No, was. It's more oh, he yeah, thinks it's going to be a secret thing. He thinks oh, there's going right. to be a what's that called? Cutscene thing's going to come up. Yeah, after yeah, credit yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn it! Ferris Bueller started that. Did he? That's what Marvel uh, copied it from. So, because remember, at the end of Ferris Bueller, he'd come out and he'd say, "Why are you still here? Go, oh. go!" So it was a Ferris Bueller oh. thing. So Ferris Bueller has a fucking lot to answer yeah. for. <laughs> That's a fantastic tidbit that I will take and share at my leisure. Yes, please do. Thank you. It, it's all yours. Thank you. Uh, my first uh, Aussie film showing my age was Storm Boy. I oh, saw Storm nice. Boy at the cinema. Don't mean to brag. Met uh, Mr. Percival. I got a photo of uh, little Juzzy Hamo uh, giving uh, a fish to Mr. Percival. <laughs> that was the first big star I met and it's all been downhill since yeah. then, to be honest. He was a delight for a pelican. He was a fucking delight. Um, so uh, I have some reviews of Young Einstein for oh, you. Yeah. So um, it's a big hit in Australia but failed in America where I, I, I think it didn't work in America because they were like, that didn't happen that way. And it's like... <laughs> To which we all replied, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> sometimes I get too articulate, so <laughs> yeah, I just put all the, the words together yeah. and it makes one noise. But uh, Roger Ebert, who the great reviewer, yep. said uh, it's a one-joke movie and I didn't laugh much the first time. And he postulated that the possible lack of appeal to an American audience was because... By moving Einstein to Australia, he was able to set up comic situations that appealed to the vast and inexhaustible fascination the Australians have about their own isolation and gawky charm. But the jokes don't travel very well. And you know what? Why don't we ever take the Americans into consideration when we <laughs> make stuff? <laughs> God! Fucking hell, Australia, just looking at yourselves, uh, writing jokes that we might appreciate. So... You know, Roger Ebert, I like him a lot, but go fuck yourself on that one. Uh, do you know what uh, Yahoo series' uh, next two films were? Uh, there was one, Mr. Accident. That was that his was third film. And Reckless Kelly. Yeah. That was his second but film. But Mr. Accident was the one in my mem- again, feels like a fever dream. It was something to do with eggs and smoking. He was a... Was <laughs> it? Is that the film? It was right? He, he was an egg... He, he played a character called Roger Crumpkin. And, I uh, mean... Love you know it. what? Let's That's be honest. Let's give it up for that yeah, name. That's a, a funny name. name. Right, Yahoo's had some tough times. Let's give it up for Roger Crumpkin. But um, he was a young accident-prone maintenance man at mm-hmm. an egg factory. Thank you. And it has a rocking 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it was something to do with nicotine. They were putting nicotine or something yeah, in the yeah, eggs, in the which eggs. made it less fun. Like it was less fun. You know, you're like, oh, is this is going to be zany work at an egg thing. And yeah. like, oh, no. And like, Addiction what? and tobacco and stuff was weird. So this is interesting about Reckless Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reviewer, Neil Gillett, who was a film critic for The Age, wrote, uh, someone, big fan over here, uh, <laughs> said, uh, there are some good gags along the way and a few of the plots twists have an entertainingly serene real zaniness but there is much heavy going on most of the messages serious loads into the film protect the environment hate violence and banks mock the british 
Go for a republic. Sneer at American fads and religious hypocrisy are presented with a smugness that was missing from young Einstein. And now that I've read that review, I want to go back and watch Reckless Billy. Yeah, Kelly. sounds yeah. great. I feel like he was ahead of the it curve. It really does sound like he took that original review very personally and went, right, my next film is not for you yeah. specifically. Eggs. Yeah. Nicotine. Yeah. Falling over. Yeah. Mr. Accident Mr. worked Accident, it out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I reckon uh, I, I reckon Young Einstein's a good one, and I, I think there is. I'm glad that you brought it up because it was there is a quirky charm to it, and there is something uh, innocent about just making like the act of pure creativity. I'm just going to make this film, and here it is, and it was fantastic. Awesome. Do I win the podcast? Yeah. You do. I win. So you do. Thank you. But Thank you for coming. It's, it's also risky because it's been a long time and I haven't had time to rewatch it. So it's one yeah. of those things where talking about anything, we're like, I hope it. Like I have no idea if it stands up or if it's got I, something deeply problematic. I think we're in, in a very comfortable place to just all remember it together. Yeah. And maybe not go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's just all remember that it was great and where, we all feel good. And where did uh, he come from, though? Where did I, I, not state, but like where did he get the money to make a film? To, First place. Well, I, from uh, from what I remember, it was like it was so low budget. I think he like literally uh, proper use of the word literally. Uh, he uh, like sold his car to get oh, okay. revenue. His wow. mum was cooking on the set. You know, yeah. it was a real you know uh, jam and and glue kind of situation. Yeah. So, uh, did you also know that Yahoo Serious tried to sue Yahoo for copyright infringement? <laughs> did he win? No. Ah. Imagine that. I've just got to look up something on Yahoo Serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you like to the bring The man up? who invested, invented the googly eyes as well tried that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Google. Hey. It was Marty Feldman, wasn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll start with my first one I said. So this, when, when we were growing up, uh, we, would get, we were a five-weekly uh, movie-a-week kind of family. So the video shop, we would just spend hours in there looking at the covers and there was five members of our family who would all get one pick each. Right. So this was this, sorry, was this like five for $10? Five for $10 or wow. uh, overnight for $6. And my parents were like, we're not doing that. What a waste. And so we, <laughs> will, we would wait eight months until we can see like the new, the new releases. releases. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a movie. I'm not paying $6 yeah. to own a movie for 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. But I would choose this movie quite a lot. And it's called Frog Dreaming. I don't know if anyone remembers Frog Dreaming. Brian May from Queen did the soundtrack. Uh, it has Rachel Friend in it. It has Tamsin West, who was yep. in um, Round the Twist. Yep. First season. Oh, Linda? Linda, yeah. She sang Round the Twist, she sing, even though she wasn't in after the first season. And it also has the kid from E.T., Henry Thomas. Yeah. Now, I didn't realise, but I named my son Henry Thomas. <laughs> and someone, when I put it out there, someone said, oh, from the kid from E.T. I'm like, oh, the kid from Frog Dreaming, more like. And yeah. so... <laughs> Frog Dreaming is this American boy, he's an orphan, he moves to Australia to live with like, his like, only family member called Gazza. Yeah, and it's, 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 of course it's Gazza. His yeah. parents, dead. Yes. So he's like, well, I've got to get out of America. Yes. Yeah, makes sense. And so he moves to a small, t- small country town and there's a abandoned quarry like a, like, filled in with water mm-hmm. and... Evil stuff happens and everyone's scared of the quarry and everyone's scared of the, the water and so the gorge. And it turns out, I don't know, spoiler alert, it's a excavator that comes to life for some reason and comes out of the water and it's all covered in weed and stuff like that. And as a kid, I reckon I watched it about 20 times, fascinated, going, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Adults are lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Adults are lying to you in the movie? Yeah, like surely someone watched it first and go, oh, but they can't do that. Like right. now you're going to sell it to these kids and say like these things can just come alive. Oh, so you were, you were like... And you, it was called a donkajun and the actual excavator is sometimes called a donkey engine. And so there's the little thing there which just... As a kid, just going, oh, it all comes together, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the excavator, was it like from, like, was it the one from Mr. Squiggle looking for extra work? Is oh. that what was going on? <laughs> was it Gus? That was a Gus, yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember, because we used to holiday at this place called Eugenana <laughs> mm-hmm. and would camp, and there was like, that was an abandoned quarry that filled with water, and there was a pool next to it that was just the, the runoff water, and it would just have this algae on top. And I was always scared of it because of frog dreaming. But my uncle, being an arsehole, would, he s- once floated into it without making the water move. And as I was about to j- jump into the tomb, he just got up and all the algae on top was just all over his face. He was, ah! <laughs> and for the rest of that holiday, I refused to swim. Yeah. And somehow it was my fault. I was being yeah. I was being a prima donna for not wanting to uh, get in the water. Yeah. It's really beautiful like the kids' imagination with movies. My nephew is like six or something and at Christmas I was talking I was interested whether he believes in Santa or not. And yeah. he was like I was thinking about it. he's like I was I thought maybe he wasn't real, but then I saw Elf and it was even a film, so it has to be real. Oh yeah. 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 It's his favourite documentary. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. genuinely was like, I didn't that was all bullshit, but then I watched Elf and I was like, Oh, if it's in a film then it's true. So Yeah. Kids are alone. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because half of that film has animated snowmen in it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well that must be real too. Yeah. And so have you seen Frog Dreaming? No, no idea. No. Why would Frog Dreaming it's nothing to do with an es- excavator. It was <laughs> That Where's was, the frogs? That I'm was like, one yeah. of the videos I got. Quarry also filled with water. Was there a single frog in it? Oh, no. This is the worst. I'm walking out of that and filming. One, like one of the other videos that we got, which because uh, <laughs> mum would just say, I'll go get, pick whatever you want. And mm. my older brother, who's only two years older than me, when we were like nine, picked Meet the Feebles. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the fucked up yeah. Muppets, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but yeah. my, oh. my mum just went, oh, yeah, fine. No. It's puppets, yeah. fine. Watch that. I remember watching that as a kid going, why is the, why are the, They're all like the humping? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, mum walked in and went, all right, turn this one off. Okay. Yeah. Put on oh Frog Dreaming again. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Did you watch Frog Dreaming? I just completely uh, miss this. I, I I missed it because I reckon like that came out in '86, yeah. and I I was a big boy. But yep. then I was, I was, <laughs> same I was reason, watching grown-up movies. Like, same reason uh, why I didn't watch Star Wars as a kid because it was like that was an old film. When I was like, people were like, "Oh, you should watch Star Wars." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, it's old. I'm not into mm. that." Yeah, but around that age, I was like, uh, I was watching Dead Poets Society and feeling emotional. <gasps> oh, I'm Captain, my Captain! <laughs> oh, can't even cope with you saying that. <laughs> I, um, have you rewatched ET? In recent years? No, and it wasn't huge for me as a kid. I don't know. I think I might have watched it later at first. Oh, I watched Short Circuit. Oh, Sorry, yeah. I don't know why that jumped oh, in my... Right. That was my yeah. era. I was in the oh, Short yeah, Circuit, yeah, so yeah. I didn't see it. E.T.'s a masterpiece. Short Circuit hasn't aged well, by the Has way. Has it not? Oh, good no, to know. No, <laughs> no, no. no. E.T.'s bra- great. Good. Bit of, bit of yeah. brown face happening. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. On and a not, robot? And, no. no. <laughs> sure. Wow. Uh, to be honest, if it was on the robot, I would be re-watching it. Wow, then it's on Racist Robot right there. Uh, have you ever seen the? Uh, it floats around on uh, YouTube or on social media. The Henry Thomas audition for ET, and it's just it's just him, you know, auditioning quite clearly with Spielberg. And you go, oh, I wonder what this is like. And then you're crying watching the fucking audition. He Aww. is so good. But Drew Barrymore is adorable. The interesting thing about ET is when you rewatch it, the kids are 
kind of arseholes. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're shitheads. Uh, and Elliot's a bit of a shithead as well. But it actually makes the movie better because he's real. Like, you go, oh, yeah, I understand what's going on with that kid. But yeah. you, you get to the end of it and it's like, why am I not watching this every year? This is fantastic. But I, it, it feels like a John Carpenter film at the start as well. It's kind of a bit creepy. So, that, anyway, mm. it's my hot tip, E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> One of those classics turns out to be a classic and also not Australian. So we'll, um, yeah, this is always the problem with Australian movies. So uh, I'm going to throw one your way. Uh, so, you know what? I might, so we were having uh, email discussions. Uh, you're not quite across the Ausploitation. No, see, I don't know exactly what that means because in my mind, maybe. Um, uh, bloody yeah, young Einstein would have been a bit. I don't. I don't no. know what the word means. Right. So uh, uh, anyone who listens to the podcast, we have the segment with uh, author Garth Jones, pass the Amel. Uh, by round of applause. Who's on Amel today? Like, <laughs> no. Anyway. So um, and uh, exploitation movies are kind of low budget genre films mm-hmm. made in the seventies uh, and eighties, and they're. they're they're bonkers. Like oh, okay. they're absolutely bonkers. On the on the podcast, we've covered uh, stunt rock, which is a 1978 it's mockumentary. It's got a bunch of frogs in it, right? <laughs> Even better, it's got an Aussie stuntman who heads to LA and tours with a heavy metal band called Sorcery. So stunt rock has stunts and rock in it. it wow! Is, no, it is a perfect uh, title for a movie. And uh, in in the uh, rock band, like they're glam rock like past the use-by date of glam rock and they have the devil fight Merlin and and the stuntman comes down on a zip line and it is bonkers and I watched it straight and felt high as a kite while I was watching it. Uh, There's also Sons of Steel, a 1988 sci-fi film where uh, in a futuristic Australia a plot to blow up the Sydney Opera House is discovered and the only person who can save the day is rock and roll punk Black Alice, who must travel forward and then backward in time and at one point rides a missile that looks like a massive cock. And (laughs) feels like uh, a perfect summation of that film. If you ever get around to watching it, you'll go, what's he talking about? Then you'll see that massive cock and you'll go, yep, that's meant to be a missile. And Or Razorback. Did you ever hear or see Razorback? No. Yeah, a few people. 1984. It's about a massive wild boar. A big pig. That terrorises... <laughs> oh, sorry, I felt like I went full Tom Gleeson then. Yeah. <laughs> that terrorises the Australian outback. It's directed by Russell Mulcahy, who did all those great uh, film clips for Duran Duran and Elton John and that, and was nicknamed Jaws on Trotters. Ooh. Right. So I thought I'd bring a little bit of exploitation uh, to the table uh, for our list, uh, but I, I, I thought we'll, we'll go kind of accessible, but Mad Max 2. So uh, Mad Max 2 is very much an exploitation film. It's one of those films that, uh, you know, w- when I was a kid, there was all this advertising for it and I, I wasn't allowed to see it because it was like M and it looked really scary. And then by the time I saw it, it's crazy camp. Like, it is, like, it's, it, like, people at the Mardi Gras would go, these people need to fucking calm down. Like, what is, <laughs> what is happening here? But, and, and, and Mel's great. Like, like, here's my defence of Mel. There's Australian Mel, and then there's that fuckwit. So, <laughs> so, so Aussie Mel, Gallipoli, we'll have a little chat about Gallipoli, the year of living dangerously, Tim, like we can all love that Mel, and then he goes and makes Lethal Weapon, you go, nah, you're out, mate. Like it's, it's, it's like Russell Crowe, great Australian actor, Russell Crowe, bit shit New Zealand musician. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all right. <laughs> Have you ever seen Mad Max 2? I mean, maybe. Is it the one with the, with the Thunderdome? No. No, that's Mad Max Beyond then Thunderdome. No. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which, what happens in 2? Uh, a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, he he, he drives a truck and he goes somewhere and shit goes pear-shaped and he drives another truck and he falls over. Haircut? It's great. So he looks fantastic. Incredibly sharp haircut. It's a very sharp haircut. See that does that doesn't check out. No. You know Armageddon. No one's getting that sharp haircuts. I've never seen any of the Mad Maxes. Oh even, really? Even the latest one. I've never oh, seen it. Yeah. That's so exciting. I saw that one. Yeah. You seen that? I was in the latest one. Yeah. All oh, right. Well, that's flame guitars. Which one's yes. Tina Turner in? Beyond Thunderdome. Great. So there's so there's Mad Max where he, he's not mad. He's he's actually quite happy. Just Max. Yeah. Then they kill his <laughs> wife and they kill his kid. Guess what he becomes? Mad. <laughs> He's really fucking mad. <laughs> then uh, and then it that gets film should really be called Mad John Wick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's real man. <laughs> Even madder John Even Wick. Madder John the Wick. maddest John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think he can't get any madder, yeah. he's more mad. John yeah. Wick. A little bit tired, John Wick. <laughs> 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 Got st- a new a dog, John Wick. Oh, I, I, quite relaxed, <laughs> John <laughs> Wick. Yeah, found love, John Wick. Still <laughs> killing heaps of people with a gun, but it's uh, <laughs> great. But no, uh, anyway, uh, he got mad. So, so Mad Max Two, uh, which uh, was a big hit in the states, was renamed The Road Warrior yep. because they can't bear to think that they didn't see the first one, so they just had to give it a different name. Uh, incredibly influential. Lots of movies uh, took on the aesthetic. Of uh, the Road Warrior, and uh, yeah, Mel Gibson's fantastic in it. Uh, things have been wiped out. There's gangs on the highway, and uh, he's this uh, uh, lone survivor who ends up uh, helping these people uh, move from one base to another. Is it like Waterworld on land? <laughs> no, but Waterworld was called Mad Max on water. Wow, <laughs> <was> that? <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that felt really good in my head. Thanks. Yeah. That worked out. We did not work that out. <laughs> I saw, you know when you're saying did, you, did I go to the the house at Movie World? I went to yes. LA, the Water World. Yep. Stunt show is still happening. Like right. I was there well, not that long ago, like five years ago. It's nuts. And the funniest thing about it is they introduce, so they do the stunt show and they're all getting exploded off jet skis and it's water. But, but they do their introductions. They're like, give it up for um, Sally J. You would have seen her on episode 25 of Law and Order. Blah, blah, blah. And they list yeah. all of their credits and it's all struggling actors like, play Dead Body and ad for Metamucil. Yeah. And they're, uh, like, right. they're all trying <laughs> to get work. Right. The, the, like you got to be careful. You better not have too much Metamucil. I know. Or 
But it was just so pathetic. And de- you know, it so feels felt like so when bad you, for them. feels like when you do a corporate gig and the fucking <laughs> person introducing you decides to yeah. list every credit. Says he started here in 1994 <laughs> yeah, yeah. and a girl I called the Bunter Boys. Like, yeah. you know. Was SRC in year 11? Yeah. Because <laughs> anyway. I want to know if... Does anyone, has anyone been to Movie World? Do we still do the Police Academy uh, stunt show here in Melbourne? Or in Queensland, I mean? Because that's, yeah. that's a film that no one remembers these days. Like, it's... Yeah. Because I, I interviewed... Uh, who's the guy who does the voices? Um, oh, Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. And I asked him what was his favourite of all the P- Police Academy ones. And he said, oh, my favourite of all time was the cartoon. And I was like, why did you need to be in the cartoon? Like, the fact that you do the voices, that's the impressive thing. We can just get the Foley artist or get like, sound effects yeah. for this. Yeah. Don't need you at all. Yeah. Because, and I could see it, the cogs going and go, oh... Yeah, that's right. They didn't need me. I still, I was yeah. just a voiceover artist. So suddenly Michael Winslow's looking at you going, thank fuck you weren't my manager. Like, <laughs> I would have missed out on a pay packet yeah. here. That's so funny. Matt, that is a, a movie that, um, you know, I saw it at the cinema and oh. it was really funny. And I will not go back and watch that because that has aged terribly. Yeah. Really badly. Is it? But anyway, yeah. good memories. That's all right. Sometimes you've got to move forward. But let's, let's move on to people who have aged well. Mel Gibson. How, tell yes, us more right. about Mel. Like, yeah. Right, as I'm saying, Ozzy Mel Gibson, he is a delight. And also, uh, another movie, while we're talking about Mel, that uh, I think we forget about as just being beautiful and, and worthwhile re-watching on a regular basis, is Gallipoli. And I, I saw that at the cinema, and it gave me such a healthy hatred for the British. It was, <laughs> it was great, you know, because uh, he's so wonderful in it. Uh, the, the whole cast is fantastic. Directed by Peter Weir, uh, written by David Williamson. And, uh, you know, like, uh, like I was nine when I saw it and yeah. I was inconsolable at the end. Every time you did an athletics carnival, did you think to yourself, what are my yeah. legs? Yeah. Still yeah. 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 Every kid in Australia did that as well, yeah. I actually think of that line like three times a day. <laughs> like it's, it's just that one of my legs still springs. What are they going to do? Get caught in my tracksuit pants. <laughs> this is a fucking disaster. Um, but it was made for a budget of $2.8 million and it made $11.7 million in Australia and nearly... Uh, Six million in America, but it it was really well. It won heaps of awards, uh, but there was this wide criticism for the way the British command treated the Australian troops in the movie. But that is exactly what the British would huff and puff <laughs> about. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> you killed you killed Mark Lee, and I'm not happy about it. And you let Mel Gibson live. Imagine if he died <laughs> in Gallipoli, we could have just been happy about him all the time. So that would have been great. You, have you seen Gallipoli? I have, but not for a very long time. And yeah. it's the same thing. I remember the big sort of moments, but not yeah. a lot of detail. Did you have to watch it for school? Maybe. Yeah, we did. Because yeah. I can't imagine, yeah. There's no, no easier way to kill a movie than having to write an essay about it, yeah. However, you say that, but my other film that I've brought today... Yes. We did watch in school, and I don't know where that started, but it is my favourite Australian film of all time. Favourite films of all time is League of Their Own and Labyrinth, just by the way, but Australian film of all time, thank you, is... Um, uh, w- Labyrinth with my dad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know, I miss him. I know. Um, Popper. Uh, I I regularly dress my baby up like Toby. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Put him on the ceiling. Her. Uh, Put her on the ceiling. Anyway, um, but my favourite film of all time is Strictly Ballroom. Yes. Which we did watch in school. Come on, a hundred. And I fucking love everything. The Bogo Pogo. Also being half Italian, the like, the, you know, when they're all hanging out, they're like, listen to the rhythm. Yeah. Don't be scared. Oh my God, I loved it so much. Um, Clean the coffee cups, Fran. How's your skin, Fran? I just 
just think it's so funny. Yeah. I loved it, love it, love it. Yeah, it's uh, so I had not uh, I watched it again last week. Yeah. And it's, it's so fresh. It's so it still funny. holds up. Uh, so this is interesting. It previewed and opened in August 1992, came in at number six in previews, and then uh, expanded the following week, ended up at number two in Australia, and then it went to number one, and then it went back down to number two. But by week six, it went straight back to number one. Like, do ah. you know what I mean? Like, movies come in, they hit big on the first week, they half by the second week, by the third week, you're thinking, when's the next Marvel movie coming? And, ah. uh, yeah. But here, it remained at number one so for good. seven weeks and then was knocked off by Romper Stomper. Oh, so really? Similar <laughs> films. Yeah. Similar, Similar films, yeah. yeah. But like yeah. Paul Mercurio, <laughs> is anyone else, it's sort of upset. I mean, it's just what happens with life. Um, but like he was so hot. Like at the time, I was like, this yeah. guy fucking hot when he bang when he's on the yeah. mirror and stuff. And to watch him now as this sort of he's slightly... like a TV chef, isn't he? Slightly worse. Slightly... <laughs> Puffy presenter visiting yeah. cheese factories for postcards. <laughs> like, yeah. that's kind of what he's doing. He's like, G'day, here we are at blah, blah. Let's go and have a bit I of a look. And did you make this yourself? Oh, this fig paste is nice. And so you can come down here yourself and meet Jan. Jan's good. Anyway, these pants don't seem to fit me anymore. All right, I'm going to go there. And it's just... Uh, that, that's a dream job. I would love to be on postcards. I, know, I would absolutely I know, love. It's just yeah. not where I thought he'd go because I don't think he was really in any other film. Like at the time, I was like, this guy's going to be a star. Yeah. He was so charismatic and great and excellent. And He's super hot in that poster. He's so hot. Yeah. He's got such beautiful eyes. And Fran's beautiful. I forget her name, but I love. Uh, it's just they're like age appropriate. I love everything about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you watch it. And I love this love story of shit. That's just oh, excellent. And the slow clap. Oh my God, we wanted yeah. that so yes. much. When the dad comes <laughs> when you go to Sydney, Celia, do you see the Coke sign in King's Cross and get excited? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. I have one more fun fact which I didn't know. So, myself and Luke McGregor made a television program called Rose Haven. Five seasons. Done, right? Seven years. Thank you. Five seasons. On the fifth season, <laughs> I find out Chris McQuaid, who played Luke McGregor's mother, is in Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. Oh. She's Barry Fife's hot toddy. Yeah. She's Barry Fife's. Barry Fife? Yeah. Is that the right name? Yeah, yeah, the woman with the big hair and the tits out. And she, ca she just casually dropped it one day. And I'm like, what the fuck, Chris? Mate. I've known you for five years and this is how you tell me you're in Strictly Ballroom. If like you that earlier, would you have written like a ballroom dance scene? Oh, my it? God, yeah. so much. Totally. Yeah. I'd get yeah. her to, to, you know, to pull a plug out of a wall and have some steel I would love to see it. Luke McGregor do the Bogo Pogo. Oh that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> just you anyway. coming on new steps. New steps. <laughs> There are no new steps. Sorry, would you like me just to uh, reenact the entire film? Because I will. I'm always fascinated when someone drops oh. something really magical like that years into knowing oh. them. Oh. If yeah. I was in Strictly Ballroom, I'd be like, hello, I'm Justin Hamilton in Strictly Ballroom. Exactly. <laughs> like we had another AD who, again, not till season four, uh, dropped that he worked on Lord of the Rings. Like he was on in the like paddocks when there's hundreds of extras on horses being like, right, you guys go down that mountain. I was just like, I have so many questions. You should have told me this straight away. Oh, man. Everyone should lead with their most interesting facts. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Uh, Tara Morris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that That's was her. her. And, um, I did find out as well. Apparently it was a play first. Yes. And she was in the play. Yep. Yes, she well. was. But Paul Mercurio wasn't, I don't think. No. Uh, the uh, I, I work with Tina Sparkles. Shut up. Yeah, I oh, I, I wrote a it's Kruger, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote a season of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Anyway, things are going well. <laughs> and, um, uh, I won a season of Dancing with the Stars. So <laughs> did you know? Did you know that? Yeah, I know, but it's it's. I've got to be honest. It's much harder writing for it. 
Like, you know, like it's great that you won a little award <laughs> dancing, but but you you didn't so you got um who, who were, jokes. You, you got uh, Amanda and Amanda and Denya, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I work with uh, Sonia, who's great. And uh, Daryl, who's Daryl. <laughs> He's uh he he wouldn't he wouldn't use it anyway. Well, you know what? I'll put this. I'm writing the next season as well, so I'll put this up after the, uh, the season's done. Yeah. Uh, but he he wouldn't use any of my jokes because uh, he's got his own writer who's also a hairdresser and uh, Justin okay. Hamilton won awards, whatever. But I um so it, one of the shows <laughs> we had a clip of uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, he said to the audience, ah um, oh, Chris Hemsworth, oh, whatever happened to that guy? Here he's. Working in a bank now. Oh, no, that's right. He bought the bank. Hey, what was that Marvel movie he made? And everyone yells out, Thor. And he goes, I bet he was pretty Thor after he was on Dancing with the Stars. Didn't deliver it as well as I just did then. And, uh, and it was dead silent in the room. And one of the producers behind me said, do you feel bad that your name is on the credits as writer? <laughs> yeah. And I said, apart from Luke McGregor, no one reads the credits. So I'll be <laughs> fucking fine. So... Back on Strictly Boring, can I just say, because I just remembered, because I don't know if you can tell how much I love it. Also, amazing soundtrack. Oh, yes. yes. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? John um, Paul Young. And the one that Time After Time. Yep. yep. I, I swear to God, you, it's, it's a lost art form. Like, you know, put money aside in your budget for big thing. soundtracks and, and get it out there so I mean, then people everyone hear who it. makes a film would want to have amazing song, but I just yeah. assume it's just so well, expensive. Well, Baz yeah. was a DJ. Right. So, yeah, and so he would always, like, Put good songs in his movies. I know, but to get the rights to, you know, DJs can play stuff you can't just put in your movie, right? That's true. Is it? But I don't know how it works. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know, uh, the, oh, the not the sunscreen, oh, the sunscreen song. Yeah, yeah, from Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So there's a great podcast about oh, that. That's good as well. Where yeah. he discovered that yeah. and then played it. And Triple J, well, I'm not going to play anything from this album that you've made. And he goes, just just play this song for me and played it. And the phone lines went crazy and it was a hit all around the world, but no one knew who did it. Everyone thought that it was written by, uh, what's the guy who wrote, uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. They thought it was a Kurt Vonnegut uh, piece and it wasn't. It was some uh, female writer from Baltimore who did a local uh, news uh, paper thing. Right. You know, uh, we were at the Actor Awards last Mm -hmm. year and... Getting COVID. It was great. Uh, it's only my second time. And uh, I, I feel like I'm in a toxic relationship with COVID. Like, we are... Like, I, I try to see other viruses, but we just keep coming back and trying to see if we can make it work. <laughs> and just and bring any back. <laughs> uh, one of the highlights of that was uh, there was a big screen with Baz Luhrmann's face on it that they just did not take down for ages. And he, it was just his... And I have to be honest, he leant into it. And he just, like, just was staring at people just... Pursing his <laughs> lips, and he looked like the Wizard of Oz. He, he was did. just up there for like about half yeah, it an was, hour. It was a live cross to him. He was yeah. getting an award in the UK, so they just obviously had it open <laughs> for ages. <laughs> for ages, and uh, he didn't think, "Well, I shouldn't move. I'm Baz Luhrmann. I will stay here <laughs> because I have done heaps of things." Yeah. Well, what, where do you stand on Baz Luhrmann in his films? Because so, uh, I. I I like his films, but I have to be, especially later on, I have to be in the mood. If I'm in the mood, I'll have a good time. But if I'm even slightly cynical, I'm fucked. I really enjoyed Moulin Rouge when I saw it in the cinema. Me yeah. too. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah. wasn't like I didn't go into it going, that's a, an amazing piece of art, but it was really fun. And yeah. she, she coughed into the hanky and was like, oh, no, she, he's done the yeah. thing. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've not seen Australia. I've heard good things. Uh <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, I went with a gaggle of gays, including Adam Richard, who I uh, said, do you want to say anything to the Melbourne audience? And he said no. And uh, 
very Adam. And yeah. uh, so I was with a gaggle of gays watching Australia, and there's a moment where Hugh Jackman takes off his shirt and, and sponges himself, and I think it's meant to be a super hot moment, but it's this weirdly overly homoerotic camp moment, and it was so homoerotic that all the gays, just for a brief instance, became heterosexual. <laughs> right. It was amazing. Like, just for a moment, they just started going, oh, yeah, how good's footy? And, yeah, what about chicks? Yeah, great. And then that changed, and they went, oh, yeah, no, I'm gay again. That's good, so. I don't know. I, I, I just, my love for Strictly Ballroom and set closer, I really enjoyed Romeo and Juliet. Was, I was, yeah. at, at the time, perfect. I was the perfect age for that. It was yeah. so cool and edgy and, like, they're using Shakespeare language but made it modern and it's, you know, it was, yeah. I loved it. Um, so, but so I just sort of don't really, I haven't really watched, I haven't watched Australia, I haven't watched Great Gatsby, I haven't. I just live in my lovely little Strictly Boreham. Yeah, sometimes you've got to know. That's, yeah. uh, I've never seen any movies from Mel Gibson post uh, <laughs> Gallipoli. He seems quite nice to me. So uh, we can kind of segue into that because uh, one of the films that you wanted to talk about yeah. was... Pr- Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So yeah. I... Yay! So this, I went when I was living in Burnie. So if you don't know, Burnie's a pretty rough town. And me and my friend Ryan Pedderwood went to the movies together one day in year seven, it was, and we went and saw Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And I walked out of the car and aren't we a couple of allies? Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It felt really good about ourselves. And yeah. it was like, and my, my parents. <laughs> In 27 years, <laughs> this is going to really work for us. Yeah. My parents bought me the soundtrack. I was going to say, yeah. again, yeah. amazing. We had CD. Yeah. I reckon I could sing every single line still to this day because it was when we only had like four CDs in the house. And that was, one, that was my one. And yeah. I listened to it every day. And my parents were nice and supportive. My dad was like, you still like footy, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Like, it was. <laughs> But it was a real like, and it would, I, I thought it was really funny, really funny film. I've been, yeah. I've, I went to Broken Hill. Is it Bro- it's Broken Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I went there for Roadshow once and went to the pub where they said it, and it's like, yeah, it's great. It's but one it of those. It was really wonderful that soundtrack as well because it was a different kind of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to do the Bartman cassette, and then this, <laughs> the Priscilla soundtrack was like there was opera in there and these like track, you know, old yeah. music that wasn't. Ah, I love yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's great. Well, it, it, did you uh, were you guys old enough for the the Guy Pierce experience? Because when Guy Pierce was on Neighbours, yeah. he was he was not Jason Donovan. He was Mike, and it's like that fucking guy. Why are we wasting time with him? And then Guy Pierce becomes the actor, and you go, Guy Pierce, how yeah. wonderful is he? And he's got such beautiful cheekbones. It's so perfect for this film and uh, it's such a a wavering kind of uh, experience with an actor where you go oh he's great yeah he is great and also he's in one of my favourite films Memento as well which is also another great amazing and LA Confidential who was excellent and Russell Crowe isn't that crazy yeah yeah yeah. Uh, the so uh Interesting, Priscilla. Lots of people think is a Baz Luhrmann film. No, yeah, yeah, Stephen uh, Elliott, it's right. not. It's uh, Stephen Elliott. Uh, do you have a drag name? No, no. I always uh, think of it was Will's, which was Will Anderson, which was Carrie Mann Kennelly. Oh yeah. Every <laughs> time, so every time, every, if I think of a drag, I, I just think of that and I go, nothing's ever going to be as good as that. So I yeah. stop trying. Carrie Mann Kennelly. Yeah, it's Will Anderson. He'll be rap that we're talking about. I had to. So. Eat it, PF. That's oh uh, yeah. Eat it, PF. Eat it, PF. <laughs> yep. Yeah, great. It's more, it's more like a roller derby name, but still. Yeah, yeah. I feel like mine's more like a roller derby name. Uh, uh, Ronda Ron Lurchmore. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it had a budget just uh, under two million, made over thirty-three million. Yeah. Big film. Uh, had cultural appeal and uh, did well uh, in America. 
we're back on track with them. Uh, yeah. They ah. said it was uh, bringing drag into the mainstream. And then, uh, do you remember the film that came out two years after this? Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Numa. Well done. Uh, so you, you both won a prize tonight. So <laughs> hey. that, that's ah. good. With uh, John Leguizamo, Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. Was that also directed by Stephen Elliott? Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. Uh, Roger Ebert, we, we had a crack at Roger, but Roger Ebert said uh, about this movie, about uh, Tu Wong Fu, he said, What is amazing is how the movie manages to be funny and amusing while tippy-toeing around sex, controversy and any originality in the plot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Question, what, what year was Priscilla out? I'm having a... Uh, 94? Right, okay, so that makes sense. Um, so... I don't know what age I saw it, but there was a lot of sexual stuff in it that I didn't understand for Me too. years. Yep. Still don't. Specifically, the um, why don't you light your tampon on fire and blow your box apart? I had no idea what that meant. Right. No idea. But it was. It was. Yeah. I knew it was something. Were you, were you, were you dropping it at school? Like just uh, <laughs> not quite knowing what it meant? Box. But in my mind, it was spelled in my head. I didn't know. I'd never heard the word box. Like box. Yeah. I was spelling it like B O C K S. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Box. So and tampon. What are these things? What, what are these things? Yeah, I can't remember what I found out. But um, you're it working. Took a while. You're working with. And Le- the line small ding a ling. I was like, <gasps> that's so scandalous. Yeah. You're Not working with Lemo on Utopia at the moment. Uh, yeah. Has he told you what happened with his son recently? Oh, Laddie? which one? I love it when he comes in. So and we have a new. We have a anyway. This is Lemo's story, but he's not here, so I'm going to tell it. And uh, <laughs> and then once it goes out on the podcast, it's mine. And um, but uh, Lemo takes his son Laddie, who's about six, to uh, the swimming pool, and they're having a lovely time. And uh, Laddie turns around and says, "I love you, Daddy. You're my best friend." And Lemo's like, "Oh, that is." Beautiful. That is so nice. Thanks, mate. And then Laddie follows it up with, it's a shame you're a whining fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Lemo goes, what? And, and so, so Laddie repeats it. It's a shame you're a whining fucking bitch. And he's like, what is happening here, right? So he takes him home to his wife, Kelly. He goes, tell your mum what you said. Go on, tell her. So, she, uh, so Laddie tells his mum. <laughs> Kelly turns around and goes, ah. Oh, Babe, I'm sorry, we've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> there was a drag queen on who had a puppet and the puppet was a tumour and they were talking to each other and the tumour called her a whining fucking bitch and Lemo's going, this doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when, he told, when he told me, he said the attitude on as well, he goes, I love you, Dad, but you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> 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 it was really sassy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, I mean, Hugo Weaving, when you think about it as well, this has blown my mind apart. Priscilla, yep. Lord of the Rings, and the fucking Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine just walking around the world being that guy? Yeah. Right? <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Which one do you reckon he introduces himself with? Yeah. Like, oh. do, do you know what I mean? Like, that's great. He gets to, like, if you've only done one thing, that's all you get to do. It's but he gets to come in and say, Hello, I'm Hugo Weaving. You may know me from stacks of fucking... It's got to be Matrix. 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 It's got to be. He's Agent Smith. He's the... Oh, my gosh. Have you rewatched The Matrix recently? Yeah. Yeah, Well, not super recently, but it's great. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh, Holy shit. Sorry, this is very off topic. But did you watch the first episode of Arnie Donner's Comedy Cafe? Oh, no. They have, have like, a sketch that's a reference to The Matrix. And then the guy comes in who is Mouse. Do you remember who's Mouse? Oh, yeah. Who was the Australian guy who was on Home and Away? Yeah. Matt Matt Doran? Yeah. Yeah. He comes in in, in the dress Um, up like Mouse from The Matrix. Yeah. 
It was really great. Man, he must be wrapped. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sitting by the phone like, this is Mouse. Yeah. Oh, in the Matrix. No. <laughs> in the Matrix. I live with Pippa for a while. No, I don't want solar panels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, we have a few more movies going. We have nine minutes and my... Um, I don't really have anything on my last one. You can skip, you can skip uh, my one next yours, one. Hammer. Yeah, what's your one? All yours? right. So there's, there's a movie that just slipped through the cracks and I think is fantastic. It is a, a neo-noir Australian thriller called The Square. It's directed by Nash Edgerton. Uh, it's co-written by Joel Edgerton. Uh, and it's about a couple in a secret love affair who want to leave their partners, except her partner is a gangster and they need money to make the getaway and everything goes poorly from there. And uh, when I saw it, I saw it at the cinema, it felt like a, an early Coen Brothers film. It was unbelievable. But it made... It just had the worst luck of when it came out. It came out in 2008 between two events. Does anyone know? Do, do you want to take a guess? One of those events is a movie and one of those events is an event. Is it, is it Saw? No. Was it um, something else that was square? Lamington Festival. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it <No>. was... <laughs> the rectangle came out the yeah. week before. Fuck, I can't, ah, I no. can't see any more shape-based it movies. It was the London Olympics and then when Mr oh. Bean said something bad. Uh, right. <laughs> Oh, it was the Olympics. Olympics. Oh, it was? Yeah, okay. the Olympics was after it, and it came out before a little film called The Dark Knight. Oh. So The Dark Knight hit, The Square came out, The Olympics hit, and it just missed. And it's great. Like, it, and so few people have seen it, and it's a scorching film. And have you ever met the Edgertons before? No. It is overwhelming being in the presence of real men. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not used to it. Like, you know, like this is the closest with Josh, but, you know, even <laughs> real man in the comedy world, but in the real world, like, yeah. you know. Like, I, I, I get it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm much lower. Yeah. You know, don't worry about that. So, but being around these real men, it's a little bit like, oh, this is quite overwhelming, you know. Uh, and, uh, have you, and, and Nash is a, is a real sweetheart. The first time I met Nash Edgerton, because he's a stuntman yep. as well, and he was telling me about how his parents came on to... Uh, see him work on the Phantom Menace and he was doing his uh, stunt for them and then they turn up the first day they get to see him work he falls off the scaffolding and lands on his face and uh, goes full you know Greg Fleet 2002 landing on the teeth routine you know and uh, very deep cut for a lot of old school fans here and uh, and, and, he's like, and he's still so handsome he's so mus masculine I'm just like oh I never knew my dad I was really excited <laughs> to be around him but they're, they're great and it's a great film and worthwhile seeing I just can't imagine working like making a film with a sibling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They just have to continually stop filming, call my mum to break up an argument. Mum, she's using my camera. <laughs> <laughs> she I had it first. I'm older. She keeps telling me where to be. <laughs> she keeps telling me where to be. That was my left had cake left over from lunch, and I left it there, and it was mine, and she knew it was mine. E every time and now we're six months behind budget. Every time the director yells cut, you siblings go, I'm silly. <laughs> <laughs> I say cut. You say action. We had a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Do, do you have siblings, Josh? Yeah, I got I got a lot of them. See, I got, could, uh, you make, could you make movies with them? I got two. I got two that like uh, full siblings and two half siblings. Uh, my brothers, if we oh, look, it would be more them just go. Oh, we're going to rehearse this, and they go, "I'll oh, just do it on the day." No, nah, I don't need to. Don't need, that would be that would be yeah. the reaction. I'd be the one trying to get everyone in order, and they go, oh, "I'll just do it on the day." My young woman, I'm a doctor. I'll just say that at every opportunity. All right, we get it, mate. You're a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> 
know, your doctor. Do you just do that on the day? That'd be terrible, doctor. Started off as a foot doctor, not a real doctor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey. Podiatrist. Hey. All right. Yeah, yeah. The only way is up, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the foot. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my dad or have any siblings, and I'm very lonely. <laughs> But I'll be good because I have all of you and we're going to stay in touch forever. Yay. So anyway. Uh, we have four minutes. Oh. And I don't want to give my techie Jamie. Uh, can we have a round of applause for Jamie who's done a, a great job today? Thank you, Jamie. I said to him, these shows normally go long because I'm horrific and I saw the panic in his eyes. I said, I promise I'm going to keep an eye on the time. He said, I can put up a clock. I, I can send up a flare. I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be good. So... Can we squeeze in one more film? Can we squeeze yeah. in... I, I, I've oh, got one more. So I chose yeah. this one mainly because the soundtrack is amazing. The film's not that great, but it's Idiot Box. Uh, David Caesar. So at the time, David Caesar uh, was one of the judges on uh, Race Around the World. Remember Race Around the World? Yeah. Richard Feiler hosted... John Saffron came from Race Around the oh, World. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, Tony yes. Wilson won the first one. Yep. And he was one of the judges just telling everyone how their uh, short films are shit. And I'm like, oh, I better go watch his film. He must be good. And then I watched him and went, oh, this is shit. Like, but it's... <laughs> it was... Uh, he, David Caesar was famous because he uh, punched out David Stratton at uh, Cannes for giving him a bad review. Really? Yeah. And, oh, um, that is tasty. And I don't like David Stratton, so I'm a fan of David Caesar. Right. Because of it. The David enemy of my enemy. <laughs> so I've said this before on stage, but David Stratton once, I was at the ABC launch for 2014 season, and I ended it and said, oh, I'll see you all next year, I'll see you in 2014. And he made a beeline to me and said, uh, it's 2014? And I was like, come on, mate. I've just died in front of everyone. You don't need to correct me. And I was like, yeah, but if you say $2,000, I'd say I've got $900. But if I go to $2,000, I've got $2,000. He goes, no, dates are different. Dates are different. And we're having an argument. And uh, I give you this conversation one star. Yeah. ABC ABC publicity were loitering around going, I've got to pull these two apart. We don't want to cause a scene. And I was like, oh, yeah, that great film, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so... uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but the soundtrack's great. Yeah, uh, Robin Lau was in the film. She was in Girlfriend. Do you remember Girlfriend? Yeah, the no. bad girlfriend. And this was her t- getting away from the pop star, and she was doing like more serious. It was really music. gritty. I remember. It's Ben yeah. Mendelsohn, isn't it? Be- Mendo. Yeah. yeah, Mendo. And uh, who's the other guy? It's in a real loose hair? unit. Jeremy Sims. Uh, Jeremy Sims. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he had a T-shirt that said "Get a dog up here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, w- it came out at the same time as Black Rock, and. Idiot Box had all the buzz, but then when at the films, everyone went, actually, Black Rock's a better film. Oh. Do you have you seen Black Rock? No. Oh, Black Rock's really Is good. it based on the play? Is it the play? I'd say so, the yeah. The David yeah. Williamson play? I've seen the play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> How cultural <that's> culture. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry, it's I was It's kind of like the, the film, but 3D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's and how they should sell uh, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um... Is it, isn't uh, the the career of Ben Mendelsohn a oh thrill? Like oh, because good. for a while there we never like you know like is he going to be around? And then it turns out he's not only around; he's everywhere. Like that's he, another yeah. one, Cosy. Fucking great. Oh, yeah. Go Cozy. burn a cat. Great <laughs> film. <laughs> a that's not a line from the film. I just feel yeah. Like no, no, I know. <laughs> It's been your saying for years. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been the, the classic CPAC yeah. uh, into a show. <gasps> Shit! That oh my god, Cosy. Amazing fun fact has a cameo of Paul Mercurio. Right. When they're doing the talent quest, he's wearing roller skates and he's real unco. Yeah, right. And he falls down. Yeah. 
But is he handsome? Yeah, he's still <laughs> handsome. <laughs> he was still handsome at that point. Well, if there's anything we've learnt today, it is Australian movies are fantastic <laughs> and we should watch more of them. If you were handsome when you were younger, fucking hold on to it because not all of us get to grow up to be Blue Rinse Beefcakes in their 50s. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, I have uh, two shows in the festival. Uh, my, I do a podcast called Don't You Know Who I Am. I'm doing one on Tuesday night at the festival club just opposite here. Uh, the lineup is Mark Watson, Deanne Smith, Ed Gamble and Sarah Schaefer. Uh, it's 11.30. Come to that one. That's, uh, that's uh, one. Yeah, so that tickets at the festival. So, yeah, come to that. And uh, what about you, Celia Mate, Pacuola? you're not going to fucking believe it. Do you <laughs> not gonna, no one's going to believe it. Um, I will be <laughs> inexplicably... Yeah. Hosting a reboot of Thank God You're Here. Yes. What? Yes. Yeah. I have no idea how that's going to go. You can. It's open to booking to be in the audience. I've got no idea. So please come and support it. I don't, any, I don't know. Want I don't any know. tips on how to host a reboot? Because uh, <laughs> I can tell you a few little stories. Please. Serious, like genuinely. <laughs> oh, just don't do what I did. Just get, don't get them to play the original show on yeah. the same time some nights when your yeah. show's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just just an hour and a half beforehand. Yeah. That would be fucking nice Mate. as well. You know what? Uh, I asked Adam Richard if he wanted to say anything, and he said no. But if he'd known you were going to drop that, he would have fucking flown down yeah. for it. So, and th- and this show would have gone way <laughs> over time. So, all right, uh, round of applause for Josh Earl, Celia Picola. Thank you very much for coming out. I've been Justin Hamilton. Give it up. Thank you to Josh and Celia for being such great guests. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the live show. Should we do more of these? They're a lot of fun. I'd I'd be up for that, especially when the audiences are so great. Uh, Thank you to Dane for being our Patreon subscriber for the episode. If you'd like to support our work here, leaving a top review on Apple Podcasts will help people find Big Squid in this crowded podcast space. The more top reviews, the better. So if you have spare time to write one, that would be greatly appreciated. Even word of mouth is great as well. So, you know, if you don't have time, even in just passing, suggesting that other people uh, give us a listen, that would be lovely. Look, we talked about Yahoo Serious a lot on this podcast. I even opened up with a Yahoo Serious comment, so I thought we should give him the final say with a quote. And to be honest, I agree with this quote a lot. Yahoo Serious said, It's because we are so flooded with American culture that we're startled when we see ourselves up there on the screen. So we have to be careful because if you don't protect your culture, you won't have it for very long. See, that's what Roger Ebert missed. I love Roger Ebert, but that's the point. That was our culture. Don't give us a bad review for putting our culture on the screen. Jeez. (laughs) All right, until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.